Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our A Conversation With series, where we invite pros from all walks of our industry to have a chat with us about their background and experiences, and then we finish it off with a little Q&A from the audience. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to yet another conversation with uh, myself and David Hubert here over at uh, Agora Community. Uh, we have, um, as usual, another amazing conversation store uh, in store for everybody. Um, I'm going to let David do the big introduction. Um, he comes from a very similar background, being a DreamWorks um, expat and all. Uh, so let's bring in David, and he can do the proper uh, the proper intro. Here he comes. Hello, David. Here I am. Here let's you are. do the <laughs> let's do the proper uh, intro. Um, another great uh, guest that we have today that had the the, the the chance to to work with on more than one occasion, uh, actually. So Olivier Stafilas, a uh, quick overview, and maybe just uh, b before the uh, or, uh, the career recap, a little reminder, uh, or actually sharing why we're now doing those recap before. Uh, is that we realized that when we had our, our guests that were going to the, uh, the the recap, although it was always super interesting, it often lasted for 15, 20, 25 minutes. And at some point, we're like, let's let's try to have a super condensed uh, uh, version of it. And that's where we, we started to think that, hey, what if we do it ahead of time? So when we can have our guests, we just dive yeah. right in those conversations. Um, so Olivier... Um, French dude uh, studied at Superfocom and uh, the Goblins. Right out of school, I uh, got hired at DreamWorks. Uh, you know, Brent, when we discussed, uh, I think in one of the latest Q and A, that you know, sometimes it, it's good to uh, work at little studios. You know, before you go in the big league. Well, all of you didn't have any time to to lose with that. Right out of the gate, yeah. let's go at DreamWorks. Or um, yeah, exactly. Let's so, jump right in. Uh, Kung Fu Panda, I believe, was his first uh, gig as an uh, animator. I can't even imagine that. The second one, How to Train Your Dragon, got promoted at the beginning of production from animator to lead animator. After that, uh, Puss in Boots got promoted from lead animator to supervising animator. After that, they just said, you know what? You're going to be the head of character animation, the Hoka, for the next production. And that's in... Uh, that's in India, so please uh, help us to build an animation team there and create this animation powerhouse. Uh, so he did. Um, after that, there was the uh, DreamWorks China. So we did the same thing going in China and was the head of the entire animation de department, which led to um, eventually join the BaseFX team. He was the head of character animation on Wish Dragon that actually got released a few months ago on Netflix. Um, and he then uh, founded his own uh, production um, company, uh, Two Hoax Production, that is now... Uh, running and somehow throughout all that he managed to become a, a member of the uh, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science uh, that for those that are not aware with the term that's the Oscars uh, that, that that's what it is uh, so yeah it'll be a super fun uh, I always 
like to catch up with uh, Olivier once in a while, so it'll be uh, great to to do so again uh, today. And for me, it's just a pretty, um, you know, pretty uh, exceptional and uh, you know a, a mix of artistic and creative skills, technical skills, and good PR skills uh, at the same time. So that's going to be super interesting to just explore those different uh, um, different theme and how it kind of, you know, influences entire career to where it is now. All right. Well, I mean, he jumped right into the big jobs right out of school. So let's just jump him right into this conversation as it's hot and ready for him. Let's bring him in. Olivier. <laughs> we were Hello, hot guys. Ready for you, buddy. Welcome How to the are you? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, Olivier. Is there anything that that I mentioned that was not accurate? Uh, well, it sounds a little too glorious when you hear it like this, but it's uh, it's well, it's like, kind of accurate. We left we left out the part about the fact you have laser vision. We didn't think that the people like we we thought we would because we don't need to know that you know. You know but you're it's not very that much of a spacing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's an animated joke right there. Mm -hmm. uh, but now, thank you guys for for having me, and 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 so good to see you both, uh, David. Of course, we go way back, and Brent. Uh, I'm I'm delighted to to see you face to face, and and very familiar with your contribution to the community through all of what you do for Agora uh, at Agora with David. So uh, it's an honor. Thank you, guys. Cool. It's very cool to have you here. Thank you, Olivier. Um, I'm tempted to jump right in. And something that, that I mentioned is that it, it is it is true, and it's not because we're uh, we're friends, that your your rise from school to DreamWorks to lead to supervisor to head of animation, it, it's it was a pretty fast 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 forward uh, uh, way. And you know uh, what what would you considered uh, contributed the the most to this because there's a lot of different factor and yes there's opportunity that that is showing up that you know in a different scenario we could have taken way longer so it's it's True. not it's not just pure talent and pr and all that there's always a bit of chance in all that but if you don't have the prior you cannot take advantage of the the, the chance but what what would you think contributed the the most of this fast uh, evolution throughout all of those projects? Uh, it's, it's, it's a wonderful question and one that is very difficult to answer. Um, <laughs> of course. Your awesome accent. I know what it is. It's your awesome accent. Uh, well, sure that, that actually is really good. You're right. The, the French accent, you know, I, okay, let's start with a funny anecdote, okay? Uh, when I first tried to speak English without my French accent, no one would understand me. Uh, and everyone would be like, what accent is that? Like, what are you trying to do you know, to sound fancier than I was? And, and then the moment I got rid of the shame of having that super brutal French accent, it worked. It was like, if I understand it better, actually people pay attention because they're like, oh, that doesn't sound so very well pronounced, you know? And so, and therefore you, you actually uh, feel like the interaction is more mm. uh, special. So uh, don't feel bad about your accent, embrace Never. it. Uh, it's Absolutely. what uh, makes you you, you know. <laughs> totally agree, uh, Olivia. I'm curious how how long did you had did you didn't had this French accent before realizing it? Okay, I'm going to change. <laughs> oh, only here. only two days. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very very quick effort. That was like yeah, that doesn't. What, that doesn't can you uh, still do it? Okay. I want to hear what it sounds like. What is what is your what is your your sort of fake? I'm trying to not sound French accent sound like. Uh, hi, I'm from France. <laughs> <laughs> it's my, it's yeah, my Sean, Sean Connery, you know. 
<laughs> that's awesome you literally turned into sean connery right before our very eyes. um so yeah so that did not work and so mm. yeah accent uh let's embrace well actually david I, I don't really know what made those things happen um, exactly. What I know is that I was, I was excited about any new challenge. Mm. And, and as you said, it's not just that, right? There was some hard work. There was a lot of good timing. Uh, there was a lot of people who believed in me. And if that doesn't happen, you can be who you are, but if no one sees what you can be, no one will make that decision to help you go ahead. Um, and so it looks like there was a, a lot of things that clicked in the right place. But I know for my part, what was something that I, I know I owned was the desire to go and jump into the unknown every time. Mm. Uh, and I think that makes some doors open for you because you're not afraid of staying in that comfort zone that you feel so cushy in, you know? Um, and I think this uh, means, okay, well, between that guy that doesn't really want to try something new and that guy that is like, pick me, pick me, pick me. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, you go with the guy that uh, doesn't mind uh, or wants to try. You know, so, so you would say the uh, young, excited French, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh, part of the personality had an impact to at least be uh, uh, stand out of the uh, yeah, of the crowd. Noticed. Yeah, maybe it's a, it's a mix of that, and it's also you know like that thing of is it that you're too naive that you're raising your hand for something that no one wants and it's, maybe there's a reason no one wants it, you know? <laughs> uh, and and then maybe you were a little uh, too naive or too optimistic about the, the situation. Or is it that um, you just feel like I, you know, like uh, one day I heard um, uh, uh, Tarantino say, sometimes he doesn't have it figured out and he's grandiosing his way through the process. And I'm thinking maybe I'm kind of like overselling that I'm going to do it, but now I have to commit and actually do it. Um, yeah. So it's a mix of those things, I think. You know, I have a this one is a, a bit specific, but that kind of uh, make me think that DreamWorks is one of the only places that I worked at that there was no clear uh, junior level, <laughs> mid level, senior level. We were all character animators and That's with various true. expertise and various skills. Do you think that it kind of had an impact of someone like you that arrived out of school very junior, yeah. but there was no set, you know, hierarchy that like those glass ceiling that could absolutely, not be... yeah. absolutely. Actually, I have to tell you, for me, it totally felt like the American dream, and I know it sounds super cliche, but from my French mindset, uh, when I was at school and and trying to to learn and and create uh, enough of a of an understanding of animation that I could dream one day of landing in the US. I was picturing the US at that place where anything is possible, right? And that's all of those success stories you hear from people that have made it in the US and you're like, oh, maybe one day. And some people around me uh, within France back then were saying, well, from what I know of the US system, it's very hierarchical and you do only a finger on the foot for two years, <laughs> then you'll graduate to the full character, but he's in the background. Then you graduate to the full character and he's in the foreground, but you don't do the acting. 
uh, you only do the, the, the reaction shots. And then after eight years, you finally do a hero shot. And it couldn't have been further from the truth. Uh, for me, uh, so once again, is it luck? Is it timing? Is it uh, the, the planet uh, lining up? Um, I arrived with uh, Alexandre Boyan, to uh, both of us. We were from different classes of Goblin, different years, but we were both uh, brought at the same time. And we were both the two first animators on Kung Fu Panda. The, the rest of the team were supervisors. So Alessandro, Rodolphe, uh, Dan Wagner, obviously, uh, Fred Nielsen, everyone was already there. Fred was not soup, but he was already such a the tech master that uh, he is, um, that he was in that special uh, niche position. And Alexandre and I just arrived and they, we went through the training because you have to learn a new software. So that's another thing. Don't get attached to the software, right? Think about the, the craft and the, the, the learning of what you, your sensibility, basically teaching your sensibility is more important than the software. Um, because yeah, at DreamWorks you arrive and that's it. You have one month, you learn a new software, make a new animation uh, work cycle. I remember we had one day and made a little more moving around and then that's it. It was okay, now start some, some short work. And we were so lucky because the production was just starting. All the soups had done some cool expressions and all of that. And so there was a chance to show what you can contribute. Uh, and so for Alex and I, we, we got to have, uh, I, I remember my first shot was Shifu climbing a staircase from very far away and the shot got cut. But Dan was so appreciative that I spent so much time zooming in on those steps to that the contact was really well done. And when you see from far away and then it got hooked, <laughs> you're like, okay, that was for nothing. But maybe not for nothing because I learned and then the, the relationship uh, really uh, got, uh, got better thanks to understanding each other's uh, goals and desires. You know? So um, that, that's yeah. really interesting what you, because there is definitely cultural difference, not only from one country to another, but for one mm. country perception to what the other country mm. might, might be doing, which is often okay. more reflecting, you know, your own country than what the, uh, the others are, are, are doing. But I would, uh, I would agree that for having dealt with a lot of different uh, countries, there's, there's many studio, um, and I would say it's especially uh, uh, true a, in France that one of the, uh, very early question is, uh, is he a junior or a, a mid-level? And for me, it's like, uh, I don't know. It could be an insanely talented junior or an average mid-level. It doesn't really, I mean, we, we we can attest to the quality of the work that he did when we worked with him. Here's his showreel. We can talk about a, a lot of different things. But I always felt a little comfortable say, oh, three years of experience that's a junior oh seven years of experience it's a mid-level and base where those people are going to fit in the hierarchy and what the salary they're going to have and what are the um uh, you know the possibility of advancement that they will have just based on this uh title so i, I think it was an amazing thing uh, at dreamworks of now all right you're in you're a character animator now yeah. it's your it's your responsibility to over time, we'll figure out where you fit into the, the scale of all the other Correct, correct. No, so yeah, that, that was really special. And then, funny enough, um, in, uh, in the other countries that I worked in, I tried to replicate that where it's not because you're brand new that you can't have a chance at a cool character and things like that. So I've been trying to perpetuate what I uh, was lucky to, to, to receive. 
uh, onto uh, my teams and, and my new animators. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are the, so Kung Fu Panda, the, the the first project? So from Olivier, this young, excited Frenchman out of school that that started, and by the end of the production, <laughs> what would you say were the main takeaways, or what you, how did you grow? What did you learn during this uh, this uh, first? Um, for for me, the main thing out of Kung Fu Panda, I think, well, first I was super lucky because. Seriously, uh, that was a dream show, right? You you arrive, you learn so much from those guys. The project was super cool. Plus, uh, I felt like there was some sort of renaissance of DreamWorks, right? Uh, everything was bolder, uh, really cool style, everything. Um, I guess what I learned that you don't learn at school is the, the human interface, right? Um, no one at school tells you how you're going to present your shot in dailies and how you should receive notes. <laughs> they teach you okay that's polishing that's cleanup uh, lip sync you barely touch on it at, at least at school at my school uh, it was uh, a, a little bit of a you know shortcut um, but the, the whole part about the business side of things how a, a team works why you want to make sure you are putting your best foot forward to get the notes from your soup honor is uh, his role, uh, honor the director's vision, even if you may not have the full picture of what he's trying to do in the sequence. And you're thinking, well, my shot is really cool. But within the sequence, it may not be exactly the right choice. All of those things I discovered on Kung Fu Panda. And, and it's, uh, it's such a, a wow moment that you're like, okay, I understood nothing prior to that. Now, now I get it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's something that with Brent we often talk about in our Q&A session, more of the human aspect of being a professional uh, artist, because it, it's very true that you, you, at school you, you mainly learn the software. If you have the chance to go to a good school, you might learn a little bit about the, the craft and how to craft you know, good art, quote unquote. Yeah. But the human yeah. aspect is something that you, you have to, to learn is sometimes the, 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 the hard way right in, in production. That's, Absolutely. Uh, that's for sure. And, and it's funny because I had a chance uh, last year to, to teach at Goblin, uh, and I asked them, can I teach a class about the other side of the mm -hmm. field? And they were like, well, that's interesting. We never hear about that. I'm like, I really think, and I had just met those guys, and already in some of the uh, interaction with me, I could tell if you guys talk like this to <laughs> some of my colleagues, it's not going to go well. You know? So let me give you a few pointers so we avoid uh, some big uh, faux pas. And, uh, and I think it was a very valuable thing. Uh, and honestly, I can't believe no other um, school just imposes that kind of like the, the common course, how to behave within that field. And then let's learn everything else, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Funny. I agree. Uh, uh, I'm curious. So what are you, the, the main thing that you would say, uh, maybe the top three of behavior you advise to, to follow for people getting into the industry? Well, the, the, the main thing is that I think no one really, really, really gets that it's a business. Hmm. We, we think it's a craft because it comes from a passion, right? So we, we, we approach it with the idea that we are artists and we live from our passion. And that's beautiful and that's why we are happy and have a big smile on our faces, right? But at the end of the day, the fact that there's money at stake, sometimes a lot of it uh, in the case of those big studios, meaning it's a business. And so suddenly 
you can't just think of your personal need and your personal artistic goals. They have to fit within a beautiful, big, complex arc. And then that's when the professional mindset has to be really, really clear. So mm. your speed, it's not like if once in a while you're slow or you're late, it's okay, right? If every single time you're slow and you're late, it starts looking like a pattern that affects so many other decisions, right? And so for me, I try to really look at all of those things. How can I only add value and try to not distract or remove some? So obviously I've made my plenty of mistakes um, where uh, that's actually, actually how you learn, right? You, you realize like, shit, I need more time on this. And then you look at the other guys and they are doing a bigger shot, more complex in less time. And you're like, mm, I don't need more time. <laughs> so, so it's that tiny little adjustment kind of self-evaluation, uh, super important. Second, uh, for me, it's how you communicate your progress. No one is in your head, right? And sometimes I see animators thinking that they ha you have to guess what they don't say, that they have done, or that they have thought, but are not saying, and it's not in the shot either. Well, we go nowhere, right? So I, th I thought that was uh, one of the, the very tricky things that at school you never learn, because at school you show your teacher, you discuss together, and at the end you send your work. But if you want that collaboration, it's actually a communication skill, not an artistic one. Yeah. And that collaboration will be better if you have more communication skills than if you have very strong artistic skills and you can't find a way to express your thoughts, your idea, the whys, the, the hows, the deadlines, the, the, the obstacles as well. Um, and, and I thought that was super edifying for me. Without that, I don't think I would have been able to understand how to merge uh, easily into those productions, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. I think we had a, a question recently, or that's a discussion that, that I had between uh, when you're presenting a shot, uh, is it advised to uh, present them with a, a disclaimer or like here where I'm at, here's what I'm struggling on, here why I made this uh, decision? Or should you just go dry, let the director look at the shot, and then maybe after, if there's a, a conversation, you can. So w which one would you have eyes before or after? It's, uh, I guess it's really tricky depending on what you're showing and what stage. Mm -hmm. um, if, if your vision is super clear, let it speak for itself. If it's such a complex thing to put on the screen that you think there's a chance of not getting it, then a tiny disclaimer, but not a disclaimer that makes you look small, a disclaimer that gives context. And that's very different disclaimer, okay? Because uh, the, the guys that go and they, they, they slap themselves, oh, it's not right, I don't like it, and no, no, no. Well, at the end, that you already shot yourself three times before someone even saw it. I don't think that's right. Uh, and I also went through that phase of thinking my work wasn't right. So it, I, I know it's not good. <laughs> um, but I think the, the given context is actually crucial. This is only two days of work. It's a very rough version, trying to match that thought that you had that the guy needs to look totally uh, depressed at the very end. So there is, this is super rough in order to see if this is interesting to you or not. T t tell me. And you, you see, there's no... I failed or I, I screwed up or anything. It's just, 
tell me. And then right away, you get the sense of what's happening. Wow, I never saw it that way. Oh, oh, that's not at all what I had in mind. And you're like, ah, okay, well, I, I figured, but I tried. And now, don't worry, I'm going to go with what I think is more conventional toward what uh, we had, uh, you probably had in mind. You know, and so actually that conversation was super fruitful for everyone. No one uh, was surprised because I, I threw uh, a curveball. And, uh, and actually, I was very helped by the feedback because I noticed that that first gut reaction was, oh, that's not what I, I, I expected, you know? Hmm. Um, that's how I, I think of it. That's pretty good. Um, so first Kung Fu Panda, that's the business and the human as, uh, aspect of the, the, the job that was uh, sinking in. Yeah. Moving to how to train your dragon and now, you know, rapidly somewhere uh, during the, 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 the project going from um, animator to a lead. Um, and at DreamWorks, the, the, the way they, they deal with a lead, which I think is brilliant, uh, is that when you're a lead, uh, it's almost like you are an aspiring supervisor. It means that, okay, you have potential. Uh, we, we see that there might be greatness there, but yeah. we're, we're not going to trust you by managing other animators <laughs> yet. We're just exactly. going to give you this one character. And when this character is throughout the movie, you are, uh, you know, asked to provide your uh, your your... Um, your feedback based on your expertise of this it's exactly uh, character, it. and which I think is brilliant because that's a that's a great way to start to test the water before saying, "All right, you're a good animator. Here's eight other animators that are now relying mm -hmm. on you to uh, to work." So, on how to train the dragon, how would you describe <laughs> the evolution of, of what did you learn on on this? Um, very interesting that one. So, when I finished Kung Fu Panda, I felt comfortable with biped characters, okay? And I was thinking, great, okay, good. That feels safe. And that ties into what I said earlier about the, the comfort zone, okay? And, and I meet Simon, uh, Simon Otto, the, the Hoka of How to Train Your Dragon. And, and he tells me, Olivier, I know you, 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 you like technical things because at, at my school on my short film, I was doing rigging, modeling, animation. I was no, knowledgeable about few other departments, okay? And, and he's like, it would be interesting for me if you could partner with Fred. And Fred, uh, in my mind, had a technical skill set that was super advanced, right? Um, and work on the dragons, on the rigs. <laughs> and I'm like, but that's not a biped. He's like, I know, it's not a biped. <laughs> uh, uh, and figure out those quadrupeds and their wings and all of that. Uh, and we'll see about the character. At some point, I want you to test the character. And so it felt like, okay, shit, my world just uh, fell apart. <laughs> and, and suddenly that comfort zone is gone, right? And, and that's, that was uh, both uh, um, super scary, uh, made me quite uh, uncomfortable for, for a little while, uh, and at the same time was extremely valuable. And so I can only thank Simon for that because... He, he forced me out of the comfort zone into something that I dreaded. And the reason I dreaded it is because I wasn't good at it. I was good at, yes, looking under the hood and rigging and stuff like that, technical, I could understand. But the quadruped thing freaked me out, completely freaked me out. And the first time I tried, it was so bad. It was so, so bad. Uh, <laughs> but you try again and you try again and you try again and you try again. And eventually it's like, I think you're ready to try to lead this character. 
and he gave me a character that had two legs. I'm like, the Nader, which was the only dragon with not Amazing. four legs, but two legs. So I was like, what, what did I just do that for? You know, but it was great because that skill set, you learn it, you keep it with yourself mm. for the rest, right? Um, and so then uh, that, um, that dragon became my dragon, the deadly Nader, and I had a chance to supervise in quote because uh, it's not official yet but you're in that learning phase and you're working with four five guys because your character mm -hmm. is not very uh, big on, on in running time um but already you can see how this is a responsibility and you have to check in people and you have to be understanding the relationship aspect of the management which is brand new at that time i don't know that um, and, um, and, and what was beautiful was, I think Dean saw some of the tests I did with that dragon and he thought he was so original because when Simon told me, do that character, he said, try to do something that is different from the other guys, right? Uh, other dragons. And I thought, well, that thing kind, kind of looks like an ostrich to me. Mm. And an ostrich is weird and, and funny, right? And so I thought... It doesn't have to be scary. It's just going to look weird. And I think <laughs> that's the scary. We come from that weirdness. Mm. And, and uh, I embraced those, those legs. I embraced some sort of head that was kind of pigeon or mm. uh, cockatoo-like. And suddenly, he had a personality. He was very different from the, the nightmare uh, that was red and from the two-headed and from toothless, of course. Uh, and so he was standing out. And because he stood out, the, what I understand the anecdote is, is that Dean thought we should give this dragon a moment where he can shine. <laughs> and they created the labyrinth sequence where mm. that dragon is chasing the kids. And therefore, he's using that head to really like, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And I was like, shit, this is cool. Because you never think as an animator that you can help contribute mm. on some of the story choices. And I think there, there was a little bit of that uh, that happened, and that was just special, you know. You know, yeah. I think that that that's that's an important message. I I think that animators often, I, I feel like this is very true on video games, but al although clearly very true on on any production, animators can sometimes feel like they're just sort of spokes on a wheel, you know, yeah. and they're like, oh, someone's just telling me what to do. It's like, but or you could just put yourself out there and find opportunities to express yourself and and like you said kind of get noticed like if you if you if you really invest yourself um and think outside the box whenever possible you can do things like this because animators are interestingly the like often the cheerleaders of many productions because we bring things to life and so by just simply giving it some sort of fresh life that wasn't originally even conceived of um th that kind of stuff can catch fire really quickly and get Absolutely. very popular and the next you know people are like this needs to be in the movie needs yeah. to be in the game and so it's just a matter of like just just put yourself out there and um you you, you have a, you you have an amazing platform just being an animator correct and 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 what's amazing about that is that suddenly you are truly a collaborator yeah not just someone that executes someone else's mm -hmm. uh, vision or, or mandate or you you are contributing well what about this what about this what about this and people are like maybe they're like you know what it's so cool thank you for trying but we know what we yep. want sure or in some of those rare instances they're like yep i didn't think of that i like it exactly. we're gonna try to squeeze it in and suddenly that little victory kind of gives you wings and you're like okay that's so cool i i love that thing forever you know yeah so, 
Yeah, what, what I think is super interesting here is that it, it seems that all this is true as long as you build the, the personal skills mm. that, that you mentioned in Come From yeah. Anna to how do you present your work? How do, are you open to ideas? How mm -hmm. do you, if there's a bad idea, throw your way? How do you not say, oh, no, that's not a good idea, but kind of, you know, maybe deflect it and keep this in a different tension that keeps the discussion open. Yeah. Basically, how do you surround yourself with a little bit of a positive aura? So when you do present ideas that are maybe a little bit out of the box or not expected, mm -hmm. the the general mindset is openness to, you know, we know what this guy is doing and he's communicating well and, and all yeah. that. So let, let's see what he's cooking right now. It must be True. interesting compared to, ah, uh, no. Not him again. All right, what what do we have to to, to deal with? So it's this a very interesting progression. And and and, uh, and it's also how you you create good relationships around the yeah. people you work with, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just what you say because what you say can only go so far, right? It's uh, it's also that you start having a track record. It sounds sounds very bad, maybe, but uh, um, if you have uh, that uh, trend of delivering consistently good or overall good with some spikes of great well now you understand that there's a trend that you no one is so no one expects a bad uh, surprise a bad outcome so at yeah. least there is that understanding and if you are in that range then you can try to be a little bolder um, if you are very inconsistent it's harder i'm guessing to to convince someone to give you the the, the chance to to go wild because your track record makes people feel uncomfortable right yeah yeah i would say it's probably something that especially the last year and a half people have been struggling with because it's true that there's a lot of how it goes on the workplace there has a lot to do of how are your relationship your one-to-one -one human relationship with the others and there's a lot of those that are at the water cooler you know as you're yeah. having a discussion where you're having lunch when you're taking oh, a right. coffee when you get in the morning and all that and that's kind of got robbed a little bit from uh, everyone so it, it's uh, it, it's definitely you we don't have this kind of social True. lubricant that that you have naturally in the workplace to develop those relationships that will reflect on uh, right. the work afterwards hey right. i i had a quick question just to something to touch on that you brought up a little while ago that i was uh, thinking was 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 an interesting thing to just dive a teeny weeny little bit deeper into this idea of being presented by something that stressed you out you know, this, this area of discomfort, this, yeah. um, oh my God, I've never done anything other than bipeds before. I've never touched quadpeds. I've always thought about it, but I've always been terrified by it because it's just like unknown where yeah. we even begin. Like you have, you described pretty much every animator I know. Um, and, and I think that, I mean, I, I just be curious because you, I think obviously after the stress of that settled, you, 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 you move forward and you were able yeah. to conquer sort of that particular challenge. I'm curious, what was, what did that, what did that, that, uh, roadmap look like in your mind? Once the, once the stress went away, you're like, okay, all right, get a hold of yourself. What's the first step? What am I going to, what do I need to do to get comfortable here? What I'm just, give us a really quick overview of what that plan looked like in your mind. For, well, I think everyone approaches those situations differently. Um, I've always been someone that likes to be put in a situation where it, mm. it's, there's a fire under your butt and, yeah. and you know, there's only one way, you know, yeah. I, I like that. Um, sure. I like that. That's cool. If you had a report to do, I like to be against the wall on the Sunday afternoon that I know <laughs> shit, 
only eight hours no. left. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, okay. It's my okay. French. <laughs> um, and, and thinking, okay, now that it's go, it's showtime. There's no no. So I, I like the the thing of there's no other solution than digging deep and coming out with something. And that something better be good, otherwise I'm in big fat trouble. <laughs> uh, and so for for me on the on the quadruped, uh, the fear was major. Um, plus fire. there was it's good. Sorry, you fire. Ahead. There was a lot of fire. Oh, you huge fire! fire. And there was lots that of that seat yeah. was extremely uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and I felt like that team that Simon had put together was was such a dream team that. Already, just by being around those people, you feel mm. bad. <laughs> so, before the assignment of the quadruped, and then the assignment of the quadruped, you wow. feel worse, and you feel like, okay, yeah, this is not going to end well. And and so, the only thing that I saw possible was uh, stop crying and <laughs> and work as hard as you possibly can accept and and handle, um, because you only have one choice, and is to make that little dragon. Mm -hmm. That's it. And so I tried and I tried and I tried and the, the discomfort goes away as you try. Mm. That's how I approach it. The, the brute force, the, the doing makes you feel looser and looser and looser and mm. looser. Okay. It's not like suddenly there's a, a magic masterclass that if you go on YouTube, you get unlocked. That's at least in my time, that wasn't the, the recipe. It was literally the brute forcing because that's only... If if it's, it's only for me, if I have changed my my cards by myself, that my confidence comes. Mm -hmm. If my cards change thanks to a third party input, my confidence stays low. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I had to do the work myself to feel better. And the work was like you just started digging into references like quadrupeds and just like, what were you using for reference references? Uh, at that time, we used a lot of the, the BBC Motion Gallery website. Oh, yeah. I don't even know if it's still alive. <laughs> I think it still is. I haven't gone there okay. in a while, though. Um, and so it was literally the frame by frame in right. a tiny quick time on Linux that barely works, you know, like it's, it's so bad, right? But, <laughs> but it works. I mean, you do frame by frame and you understand. And um, James Baxter was not even on the, in, the, in the team yet, so you couldn't feel like, okay, I have the quadruped master around the yeah. corner wasn't there yet, uh, but Gabe Hordos was already uh, supervising Toothless and doing incredible stuff. So I could feel like there was a, someone that I could show right. my work and get sure. improved. But good. you don't want to show bad work. So you no. try to do something and then it's still wonky, but you show is kind mm. of like win, wincing, you know, uh, and racing <laughs> for impact. Uh, and, then, uh, and, then, and then you learn, right? Mm. Um, yeah. So... Um, but that has been the, the case for me everywhere, uh, Brent, where the discomfort is kind of part of the journey, mm. at least for me. Yeah? And, and, right. and I know we, we are all a little crazy, twisted artists that have this problem of confidence and, uh, and all of that, right? Otherwise, we would all be uh, on the silver screen uh, trying to be actor. Uh, <laughs> so... I think the, the, the discomfort is always like, okay, I feel bad about that. Let's dig, let's dig, let's dig, let's dig. And then at some point I come out of my office thinking, okay, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, if the reaction is half okay, it means you're on the right track. Mm. 
and then you have to dig deeper because then the hash okay becomes two thirds okay and then four, three quarter okay and then that's it you have an okay um, right. and eventually yeah uh, I have a hundred question about how to train a dragon, but I, I want to move forward here. So sure. we established that, okay, Olvi, he has the artistic skills. He has the technical uh, skills. He helped with the rigging. Uh, he proved that he's good with PR. He understands the business. Let's give him a chance at now managing uh, other people with a supervising <laughs> position on, on Puss in Boots. How was the uh, learning experience and how did you, you know, what would be, uh, what, how would you describe in your style of managing other uh, animators in your in your team? Um, this, those questions are not easy, actually. Um, <laughs> so, um, what was interesting about Puss in Boots? Um, I guess there was not a lot of love for the project. If I if I am very honest, way back, okay. Internally. Internally, yes. The, the Shrek franchise was huge, okay? We all, there was some sort of reticence, I could tell, within the animators, we had done an original Kung Fu Panda, an original How to Train Your Dragon, and suddenly there was a spin-off. <laughs> and so that spin-off was a little bit looked down upon, right? And the pussy boots from the Shrek franchise was really cool, but was very short in terms of screen time. Mm -hmm. Okay, he had that powerful Antonio Banderas voice, and everyone had noticed him. But I don't know if people really thought he could really have a full movie by himself and be the hero. And here is: was I too naive, <laughs> or was I appropriately optimistic? I don't know. Uh, I was like, I love it. I want to do this thing. You know, um, and so that was the first uh, thing to really having that uh, that opportunity, and then the luck came from uh, working with Fabio, Fabio Lignini, the the Hoka on on Puss in Boots, who allowed me to have that hero while it was my first soup job. So that's a pinch me moment. You're like, that should not have happened. But he said yes. <laughs> and so I, I, I was so blown away. And that, that was um, uh, an incredible uh, thing from Fabio to, to trust me with this because he had all of the, 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 the facts and the, the, the ability to say, Olivier, I love that you are excited about it. It's, you're not ready. And uh, it would have made sense. It would have made sense. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't, once again, I don't know. Uh, if it was even a little bit of how animated I am, that felt like, okay, that, that energy with this character, yeah, why not? Let's, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> no, no, we've been through this. It's your amazing accent. I think we've already cleared that up. It's exactly and, what it and, and then I, I had, I had to do the more Spanish version of it. <laughs> that, that was even worse. Uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so then Puss in Boots happens. Um, and then uh, I have uh, people uh, to work, to, to supervise, right? And, and that, is, um, that is a very different thing from just animating yourself. Suddenly you realize how much time is uh, necessary 
to make sure the rest of the team has the same understanding and the same vision. It does not happen uh, without saying it, right? Because you're always thinking like, well, it's clear, it needs to be like this, but no, it's not clear. Unless it has been stated and repeated and explained, it's not clear. Uh, but I have to say, I was really lucky because all the people that worked on the, the Puss character were such, uh, such good sports. Um, and, and that made me feel really good, actually. I, so some of them had, I had worked with on uh, Hatotene Dragon and already had, uh, for example, Steve Meyer. Okay, uh, small example, but Steve Meyer, I had done two shots with him when I was supervising the Nader. And then now he was on push, and so I was like, "Steve, come on, we know we've done that before." And so then you you already feel like, okay, there's no there's no gauging and walking on eggshells, right? It's it's like, come on, Steve, let's do that, change that, let's make that asymmetry, let's do this, let's do that. And then uh, it was amazing. Yeah, I loved it. What would you say? What did you felt was the most challenging or difficult part of, uh, you know, supervising other animators? Because it's always, you know, as you said, it's a business. You need to have a job done. At the mm -hmm. same time, you need to be almost like a psychiatrist because everyone needs to be triggered different True. ways. So what, what was the biggest um, for you for that specific part? Well, I don't know if I'm going to answer what you really asked, but what I know I learned a lot on this was the other side of the animation uh, field, which is the, the management, the bidding, the assessment of time, the complexity management, the casting. And that's where Fabio really left me uh, a, a freedom that was nearly unbelievable, uh, but believable because it happened, so it's not unbelievable, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, incredible, let's say, uh, was that, uh, for example, on, on other movies, I know the head of character animation was handling the bidding and the casting himself. And he had all those numbers working in tandem with uh, the supervisor, the, the production supervisor, okay, the management side of things. And Fabio left me, let me, not left me, let me do that in a way that I wanted, saying, you know what, I think Steve is right for that shot. I think uh, Laurent is right for that shot. Uh, Leaf is right for that shot. And, and so suddenly I had an ownership. It was my choice. And then you can say, well, I wouldn't have given it to that guy. I think you made a mistake. You own it. And once again, Brent, you are in a situation where the fire is here, right? <laughs> because you made the choice. No one forced you. But now you own that choice and you have to leave it, to live up to it. And, and therefore, you have to deliver. Once again, you know, grandiosing or not. <laughs> we all know how much you like fire. That's right. <laughs> so. <laughs> so the fire there became seriously big because at some point I think the team Puss in Boots was was the main character, therefore he was in so many shots. Mm. And I think at some point I had twenty five animators to to wow. supervise, which nearly looks like a team, a full team in another movie. That was only the people on Puss, and so my list of of shots to look at in rounds and I had two two rounds of two hours long each, right? So suddenly four hours is gone, then dailies, <laughs> two dailies, 
then lunch, then uh, chatting with the production supervising team. And then you're like, there's no time to work, you know? Uh, and so then I, I had to start thinking, like, how do I maximize my day coming in a little early, leaving a little later um, and, and trying uh, really how to make sure that that responsibility that you wanted so bad is not wasted on you or that you don't make a fool of yourself, right? So once again, the discomfort forces you to kind of dig, dig, dig to try and come out uh, on top for at least a life, right? So, so speaking of fire and, and, and discomfort, what, what led you to accept to pretty much shell everything and, and move the, 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 the family uh, abroad and go have this huge responsibility of now you're the head of character animation, <laughs> of a new team that you, mm -hmm. for the most part, don't know, and a new culture that you might not be familiar with yet in another yeah. country, all of it. That, that it, it seems like the ultimate get out of the comfort zone move. That's not even fire, that's lava. That's Yeah. And well, for, for this, I guess I got the bug of the management in Puss in Boots, thinking, this is cool. I enjoy contributing more than just animating. And the, the studio back then said, we know you like that, right? Yet within Glendale, we have a lot of very established and very talented people. And so it's not like you can have a chance at the next uh, level uh here but if you are willing mm. <laughs> and when this put it that way you're like if you are willing there's something really special happening in india and you got to work with them on puss in boots because on puss in boots we did a few sequences in india mm. it was the beginning of trying some outsourcing within the the tri uh, studio of dreamworks and and uh, and i had a chance to go there and see the team and already establish a relationship. So they, they, they were smart, right? It's like, those guys that you like, well, you could be with them every day. <laughs> they made you an offer uh, you can't refuse. And you can't refuse. And so for me, it was like, Penguins of Madagascar, I love the, the sound of that. Oh, yeah. uh, a chance at having more responsibility with more of that uh, discomfort and, and fire, fire. And, and challenge. <laughs> music to my uh, to my ears and then uh well um the the guys in india are so different from the mindset in la at least at that time i was one thing that i had noticed um was that there was a lot of red tape uh, mm -hmm. within a big structure like dreamworks right and and that red tape david you know me we worked together on on a commercial and all of that I like to have that freedom to think on my feet and be uh, able to go left if it's necessary, right? Mm. At a DreamWorks, you don't go left unless someone said, yes, you can go left. So you have to submit the desire to go left. <laughs> someone has to approve the decision to go left, and then you are authorized to go left, right? Mm. Uh, or right, or whatever. And so... Um, at, at in, I was like, if I am in India and we are a little more nimble and we have a chance to do things a little more like commando style, kind of like, okay, guys, let's do this thing. Um, I thought that sounds special to me. 
Mm. And so I guess I said yes and crazy, crazy experience. And, and for that one, I was even less ready than the others, to be honest with you. I think, I think there I, I was not mature enough for this challenge, if I'm honest, right? I was only 31 years old, um, promoted to Hoka and moving and handling a, the studio building, the training and the show there. And I know I, I was a little too rough on the edges, you know? But the good thing is I learned. I learned a great deal. And as, to me, I guess the thing is as long as you're learning, it's a very valuable thing, right? Mm -hmm. The moment you're not learning and you're bored, that's probably a sign of change is necessary. If you are learning, challenged, growing, and aware that that growth is real, that you are you have tangible benefits from that pain. <laughs> uh, it's it's a good thing. It's like uh, at the workout, at the gym, or in marathon, in, in any sport, right? Um, so so for me, the, the Indian experience was that it was discovering new side of myself. How you mm. how 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 do you perform with less support, less oversight, less senior people around you? Can you still do good without the seniority of DreamWorks? Can you still do good without so much help? Can you still do good without so many people? And so suddenly you really have to dig deep because you're like, there's so many things that are less than what we are used to that we all need to deliver more than what we should to come out on top. Yeah. And, and what I had seen in uh, the team in India was that those guys were so uh, willing to try anything to because they loved it they were there was at, at that time and no no offense on anyone at glendale but at that time i could see a fire not not the same fire inside a fire in those guys eyes that made you feel like if you are looking at me with so much desire and so much courage, I can only give you twice that. It's only fair, you know? And, mm. and that I was not fully getting in the, the mindset uh, in Glendale back then. Mm. And that for me was like, okay, let's go to battle together because uh, that means the world to me, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and we grew together. We learned together. We, we had several uh, challenging things together. But the bond and the relationships that I made in India are the ones that I had in some of them in China and some of them on Wishwagon lately. So that showed that what we, the, 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 the battle we went through together, the battle of Westeros, uh, if you survive <laughs> that, uh, yes, yeah. you feel good with each other, you know? Mm. Yeah. I, I think one of the biggest uh, achievement of that uh, movie, The Penguins of Madagascar, is that th there was some, you know, some assumption that, you know, you have the A-team in Glendale, California, that are mm. producing those super high-quality movies. And, and there was some expectation that, okay, now they have a studio in India. It's going to be of quality, but it might be like direct to DVD quality, or it, it cannot be at the same caliber. And when it was released, I mean, if no one knew, there was no one that could have said that this movie is not done in uh, Glendale, uh, California. So I, I'm sure there was 
a lot of fire under the hood to to make that happen but it was a pleasant surprise for a lot of people that had doubts that it could be uh, pulled up that's true that's true thank you david but you know like once again it was everyone just uh, gave everything they got like jamal bradley mm. i mean <laughs> eternal respect mm -hmm. You saw <laughs> who <laughs> um, um, at uh, at DreamWorks on the classic feature film, you would have three to six supervising animators, mm. right? Sometimes seven. Uh, I had one. <laughs> I had only Jamal. So he was he was worth ten, worth but gold. you know, still only one. S sorry, man. Right? I said he, he he might be one, but he was probably worth ten. Oh, he, he he's was. Like a, he's a he titan. was worth ten. He was doing the work of ten. Plus, yeah. I mean, he was supervising those four penguins, which is already four characters uh, right off the bat. Yeah. And he was doing drawovers, and he was mentoring, and he was training, and so it was really the combination of everyone involved mm. just pour their heart yeah. uh, into the work and into making the experience uh, the experience special, you know? That feels and so, so good. For me, that happens you so rarely. respect to everyone involved, you know? Sorry. Sorry. I, I, there's a small audio delay, which means I'm, I'm trying to sneak in little words here and there, but instead I just sound like I'm talking over top of you. <laughs> no, I'm not so trying to, I promise. <laughs> I was just saying that uh, it feels really good when that happens, and I feel like it's actually sadly very rare. And but mm. like it's it's nice that you were in a position to actually recognize that it was happening, and then yeah. everyone seemed to recognize it at the same time, and then you just all were like, "Let's do this." Yes, correct. I, I can count maybe the number of times that's happened on my hand, one hand in my entire life, where I felt like I was with a team where we just all kind of looked around. The conditions might not have been perfect, but for yeah. some reason we were all like, "You know what?" It's like playing poker. We were all like, we just that nod where everyone's like, let's go in, all of us, just to see what happens. And then, <laughs> oh, it, no, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it, you know, and then at the end of the day, when people do that, you know, you're just a bunch of buddies playing a game of poker. And yeah. it's like, no one cares who wins. It was just that you did that together. And it correct, was just correct. fun because everyone just, just sunk their teeth into something and tried it and see what happened. It just, right. just took a ride and see, uh, see, see what, what, what happened. And, and, and you know, what comes, what the reason this happened for all of us is that we were the, the outsider. Yeah, totally. Figuratively and literally, right? We were yeah. outsider geographically yeah. and we were the outsider because we were that, once again, that spin-off, right? Yep. Yeah, they're just like Pussy in Boots was a movie totally. that no one expected much of. Yeah. This one, same thing was like, yeah, I mean, it's gonna be done in India. It's yeah, yeah. yeah, And and in fact, suddenly you're like, well, we have all of the room yeah. to do something yeah. that's gonna that's make it. people impressed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The opportunity was there because no one, like, no one had high expectations, and so exactly. if you all decided to have high expectations just because you could, you'd have the room to just do what you want, kind of wanted to do without too much sort of. <laughs> I don't want to say involvement or intervention, but you probably were left, you probably were given a lot of space to make a lot of decisions, I bet. Yes, uh, clearly, yeah. And and the fact also that the directors were in PDI. So mm. that's another thing we don't really realize, but usually you do the movie and you have the director that yeah. chimes in twice a day, right? Yeah. Or can chime in twice a day. Yeah. Here we were doing one full day by ourselves. Just between Unheard. ourselves. Try Unheard this. Of. No, try that. I don't like this. And so yeah. you feel once again you you're growing yeah. because yeah, it's yeah. not like you're the director, but you there's no director while you're yeah. working, so you are yeah. making decisions, <laughs> right? And then at night you're submitting to the directors, and they were reviewing. And the next morning at 6:30 a.m., <laughs> we were getting the feedback. Mm. 
and uh, we were like okay uh, and so we were all like we made that together it was not like yeah why did you animate it that way it was like yeah guys we felt like that's funnier and they're like yeah that's funnier <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, uh, that's and awesome. that's just beautiful so Olivier, we're going to uh, go in the uh, question real quick, but before that, I just want to uh, rapidly, because you know, obviously, went to the pretty much top level of the animation uh, uh, hierarchy, and uh, you know, definitely having some directing uh, aspiration your, yourself. So you started your own production company and started to develop some uh, projects. So what could you tell us about developing mm. original ideas? Uh, the, fire to... bigger. the fire is <laughs> bigger. <laughs> the fire keeps growing. You're uh, gonna run out of fire. Like, are you gonna get to like what, what's next? You gotta have to like move to the deep, sun deep or something. Water right? and, you know, uh, no, well, the, the 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 thing again here is um, by being in China uh, on Wish Dragon, mm. I get exposed to other things again. Totally. And so those other things were there's even less of there's not no structure when we join right you start from scratch scratch right we uh, we literally hired people and there was no pipeline and you build and you build and, and 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 suddenly you realize okay wow we were able to do that uh, impress sony then later on impress netflix and that came out hmm. and that's from scratch in three years and change right and you're thinking okay wow I don't know if I want to go back in the studio <laughs> and just follow something that's already established. I think that box would feel a little too mm, tight, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like <laughs> I want to try to explore another scary thing, which is to go not at the end of the pipeline when you make the pretty pictures, but at the very beginning of the pipeline mm. when you are thinking of an original idea. Yep. What does that look like? And so that's what fire. I think do with, um, with Michelle, with my wife. And we did that uh, uh, concept that we pitched to Christine Benson. She was uh, visiting in China for Wish Dragon. And when I had the chance to pitch to her and she really liked it. So we got uh, um, uh, with Sony and we are developing that uh, project, a feature film project. We are now, uh, we have delivered the first draft we are starting the second full screenplay draft. It's a crazy experience, totally different. I've never been exposed to that before. So that's going. And then our production company has done several other concepts. We have a client. We are a, a, a high-profile music producer that we are working with for three short films. Um, we are doing some other uh, feature films and TV show concepts and trying to raise investments on that. So totally different from what I was used to, going all the way around and dealing with a, a total different side of the of the coin. And uh, I mean, if you don't mind me saying, just on behalf of everyone. Um, in chat and probably on the planet, um, Olivia, you need to stop. You're making us all look. <laughs> no, but for real though, like it's, you need to, you need, you need to slow down. All right. Actually, I can't because I really need those things to go forward and to happen. <laughs> so uh, the, the okay, fine. Finish this thing and then slow down. At least take like a right. vacation, just a little one. All right. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. 
It's crazy to have this fast forward, uh, in even if it's been more than an hour, because it seems that 30 seconds ago, we we're discussing about, okay, when you get to the workplace, how do you present the shot? And <laughs> boom, right away, we're into how do you develop How do you launch feature films? And That's, true. That's, true. It's just, That's crazy. Uh, what, what uh, just very briefly, maybe a little bit about the, uh, how, when you pitch to get investment, what, yeah. what is this process looks looks, uh, looks like? Because that again, out of the comfort zone, fire on, uh, under your ass, oh, and indeed. how how do you even approach something like that? Uh, well, it's, it's exactly like the quadruped animation. It looks so <laughs> bad at first, <laughs> and then it gets a little better and better and better. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and literally, that was the process. Um, you you are. Um, you are not seeing the meat of what people could sh should be interested by because you are self-conscious about revealing too much about your project. And then you are seeing too much. And then eventually you find the balance of just like when you present a shot, uh, the first one, you don't get it right, right? Um, mm. uh, it's just a gist of what you know people need to know for context. And then, oh, oh, and it's about that. Oh, and you're treating it that way. Oh, and the spin is this. Oh, and it's in that style. Oh, <laughs> and then you're like, all right, now, now that works. Now that's a pitch, you know? <laughs> and uh, so it's really, once again, uh, practice, I guess, you know? So, um, so it's literally the same qualities, the same looking for cues, listening carefully, uh, having correct. a good, you know, emotional intelligence to understand yeah. the body language and get all of this input that yeah. you slowly build on top. So whether you start with animation or developing a story, it's the same. <clears throat> you start from nothing, but you apply those things and eventually you're going to improve. Correct. No and, and then along the way, the feedback is painful, but it's there for you to get better. Yeah, you need to be vulnerable and accept the, the feedback and, and build. Yeah. That's something that we mentioned, you know, as a, as a professional artist, you need to be, uh, you know, passionate and sensible about what you're doing. You need to be attached to it, but you also need a thick skin to not be discouraged by uh, feedback and having this sensibility, but thick skin, which is totally, uh, uh, you know, it seems to be it's paradoxal, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's a super paradoxal, but it needs yeah. to be within the the the, the, the same envelope to That's to work. True. I would assume that trying to like you know pitching pitching a feature film like this um, and trying to get like funding and support on it to get it off the ground. I can imagine though that like the stakes would feel so much higher. So I would imagine like, although it, it's, it's funny cause it seems like obviously you've having, having sort of covered the, your journey in a very sort of condensed period of time here. Um, it's like, I guess in, it's, I guess stakes are just a relative term, right? It's like, it's, it felt like the stakes were really high your first day on the job and you're thrown into a really big feature film. And it's like, yes, there's, even though there's an entire team sort of around you to support you and to give you that feedback, to help you grow, the stakes still feel high. Cause you don't want to look like you're not doing, know, know what you're doing. But I mean, I mean, I guess like when you get to the point where you're, you're pitching feature films, I guess you just have to take the same attitude anyways, cause you have very little choice, right? That's totally correct. The, the idea is, unless I try, I won't know first. Yeah, true. So that, that already tells you so much about, you won't find out unless you have no. given it a shot. Yep. And second is, people know that I'm not a writer. People know that I have not done mm -hmm. it before. Mm -hmm. So maybe they'll be kind of understanding, you know? <laughs> thinking. And, and so then you go with your best uh, yeah. version of yourself, kind sure. of like, guys, 
it's my first idea and yeah. this is what it's about yeah. and I like this and I like that and I like this and you try to share your enthusiasm yeah. Yeah. And, and hopefully people will connect with at least a passion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe the lack of skills and kind of like a little rough on the edges that pitch, mm. you know, um, and, and maybe at least with the fact that it's not totally bad, it's worth uh, giving yeah. a feedback and Something. seeing how that turns around. You, you know, know, it's funny because it goes back to that to sort of the opening thing that we were joking around about with your accent, how you were just like, you know what? You started and you, you took about two days where you're trying to be someone who you're not. And then you're like, no, this is stupid. I'm just going to be an yeah. idiot and I'm just going to own it. And it's like, and then people take you as you are, right? And like they took they take the good with the bad. And yeah. hopefully uh, if you put yourself out there and you're enthusiastic and you put your heart and soul into it, there's going to be a lot more good than there is bad. And people are going to notice. Yeah. And honestly, whether you're thinking of the outcome or not, at least the experience is fun. Absolutely. Because you went all in, yeah, you didn't held back. Because one thing that I know I, I, I never want is to feel like if I had mm. tried harder, yeah, yeah, that would good. have been different. Yeah, yeah. Because then I can't look at myself in the mirror thinking, shit, I really dropped the ball by myself, yeah. for myself. Yeah. And that you can't live with it, right? So mm. I'm like, I tried it all. Whether it fails or it succeeds, mm. I'll have done my best. And I think that uh, makes me feel uh, at ease and at peace. Sure. You know? yeah. yeah. It sounds a little generic. We know we've heard no. those statements before, but no, but no, uh, you make I... it sound easy. But I mean, at the end of the day, it is probably is that easy. You just have to commit to being doing those things, right? Mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you're correct. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree that the, the level of regret if you did your best and you were yourself is way lower, even if it fails, than mm. if you half assed it or if you try to, you know, fake it or do it uh, uh, another way and that uh, another thing that we had on other conversation that you, you know you send start to achieve greatness when you embrace your own originality mm -hmm. and your own ideas yeah. and your instead of yeah. trying to copying what you think others will, are expecting yeah. from yeah. Uh, from you so yeah. it's uh, and, yeah. and and really always daring to to try something new like david i want to just say a tiny uh, parenthesis about uh, that uh, shoot we did together for for esquivel Okay, mm -hmm. and 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 I know some people could find it on on on, on Vimeo. It's on your page. Um, uh, for the little backstory, what's funny is that you and I had never shot live action before. <laughs> it wasn't even our camera. I literally rented <laughs> the camera the night before. At night, I was on YouTube looking at settings, thinking like, shit, uh, how do I put those right settings of the color space and the, uh, shit, the, oh, the 24, not the 25, not Amazing. the... And then we showed up on the shoot and I had some appreciation for it and some, I had practiced photography by myself, but that was like, okay, David, what do we do? We do this, we do that, and then we tried and uh, we we dug deep and we rose to the occasion and somehow once again if we had waited to be ready for it we would not have done it yeah uh, i'm going to try to find the uh, the uh, the link or brent if you can find it if you just type esquivel on vimeo it's going to to show up yeah. but uh, i i agree it was totally let's do this let not and even the concept of the video of the the edit is going to be yeah. driven by the sound it, it was totally a discovery process yeah. and then we put it on vimeo and it's staff pick and then there's a hundred honestly credit of people. to you david 
credit to you because I remember coming to you with like, that crazy idea, like we're gonna do something, you know, like all the sounds and we're gonna record, and it's gonna make a music and we're gonna see, and you're like, sounds cool. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I didn't expect you to say yes. You know? <laughs> so uh, no, thank you. Thank you, you had probably find someone that had the, an equal amount of fire <laughs> behind <laughs> it. So we took all of this fire and say, hey, let's go do this thing that we've never done before. Sounds, <laughs> sounds fun. Doesn't sound easy, but definitely sounds, sounds fun. That's true. It was. It really was. Uh, Brent, actually, I have it here. I'm oh, going yeah. To... Okay, good. There, there. I'm just going to put it in our chat, and you can copy paste it yeah, maybe yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in the chat. I'll bring it up. Um, and I think after that, all right. Well, Olivia, I told you we were trying to keep half an hour. It's going to be 15 minutes. For <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to share my screen so people can see this. One sec. Oh. <clears throat> or you can just share the the, the link in the uh, the chat. Right? Oh, okay, I can do that. Yeah, it's probably a quicker way of doing it. People can take a look at it later. Yeah. Here's the and link. Therefore, we can maximize the chance to answer questions. Yeah. What the heck? That's not it. A bunch of random things for my calculator. <laughs> not too sure how that happened, but <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> All the secrets. All the exactly. secrets of random numbers. Yeah. Um, it is my grocery list. I spent a lot of money on groceries. Five thousand dollars. <laughs> I, I'm a high protein diet. Um, so uh, there's the link if you guys want to check it out. I'll take a look. What, what just, I'm just because I'm a nerd. What kind of camera did you rent? Uh, a 5D Mark II Canon. Nice. It was uh, the big thing at the time. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. We went. But it, it was mini the lens that were uh, a pretty good lens. Do you remember? Yeah, we remember? had some, some good uh, Zeiss lenses. Uh, oh, nice. That was quite nice. Yeah. Yeah, and we had yeah, even yeah. purchased those. Very, it was at the beginning of the DSLR, so there was a lot of gadget, and I think it was Correct. a little dolly that we could. Correct, we had a little dolly the, tracking. We had some LEDs. The, it was at the very beginning of you know amateur could provide yeah. an image oh, yeah. that looked professional. It was yeah. during those years, so that correct. Yeah, it was yeah. a huge movement because suddenly, like, you didn't need to be like a DOP with a freaking Alexa to be able to get that kind of a look. People were building camera rigs with just regular consumer level cameras with Correct. decent lenses, and um, you know, putting you know, pull fo uh, follow focus wheels on the on the rig, right. and suddenly, boom, you you got something that looks cinematic, which is kind of impressive. Correct. That market's gotten even crazier. It's gotten oh, yeah, crazier. Absolutely. It's you know, like the Black Magic camera revolution has been kind of yeah. impressive. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, we go with you... the Pedar, Pedar question? Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to go back and grab that one sec. Where did he go? I saw it. Now I can't find it. There he is. All right. First question on the roster. Have you ever gone through discomfort at work where the challenge ended up being too overwhelming? In, in translation, was the fire too hot? And, <laughs> and you had to drop it or the task was handed over to someone else. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, it didn't happen, but uh, it could have come close uh, in mm -hmm. some situations because you are, if you are literally stretching your current skill set to a point mm -hmm. where it's a little over your current uh, knowledge, yeah. there's a risk, right? right. Um, and so I guess it's how you react in that situation. Mm. Do you let the, the sense that you're not doing as great as what you could or should? 
and, and then that affects you and you're like, you know what, I think uh, you better give it to someone else, but that's not quite what I do. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to get it. <laughs> and so then you, you dig deeper again and then mm. hopefully at some point people are like, yeah, I mean, right now uh, we better not uh, touch it because it's, uh, it's too tricky and too, too, too delicate. And if we touch it, we, we mess it up more. And so then uh, you you continue. Yeah. Have you ever did, have you ever turned down a, th a task that you felt like because there's a difference between being outside of your comfort zone and being in a different time zone of comfort. Like, <laughs> although although moving to India and then China it seems like you've been doing the whole time zone of comfort thing, anyways. But like for the average person, you know, there's sometimes there is a limit, right? And so have you ever have you found a limit ever, or have you pretty much no, everything so that's come your way, you're like screw it, let's do it. There's not been a limit, but I have to oh, say wow. there was a moment on for uh, for the Wish Dragon conversation mm. where when we were first approached, we said no. Okay. We were at Oriental DreamWorks and we said, mm. I love the project, love the story, would love to be with you guys, just don't see it happening uh, anytime soon. And then mm. universe, maybe, uh, Universal buys DreamWorks, and I'm like, and Jeffrey leaves, and I'm like, you know what? I think it's my time to make a big move too. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and so at that moment, the conversation reappeared. Actually, not us asking, but them asking, and we're like, mm. yeah, we're ready. <laughs> Interesting. It's crazy. Let's do it. And so suddenly, yeah, that felt uh, right. You know. That's that's yeah. the that's I guess car universe reward rewarding you with positive karma I guess like making yeah yeah you know, so clearly that there's an, align an alignment you know that that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to spin that question just a little bit differently, Olivier, uh, uh, because we could totally apply this to, you know, people in your own team. So animators that were maybe not up to the challenge or they were struggling mm -hmm. for a shot and maybe so what is and, and that's also a question that we had to often what are our thoughts about taking a shot from an animator and sometime for their own good, giving it to, to, to someone else. Mm -hmm. And there's other that are like, no, you're going to destroy that person. Mm -hmm. Confidence is better to have it weaker end result but to preserve that what is your your views on uh on this topic this is super tricky it's very um uh, tied to the individual right and to the to the situation you're in if you are in a rush if you are in a discovery phase that all of that is totally different so it's very hard to answer uh, with a blank statement but uh i actually would like to pivot that question toward um giving chances um, because for me, I was really uh, lucky when I arrived in India, one of the person that fell on my lap um, was a resume of someone named Ravi, <laughs> Ravi Clay, right? Yeah, and Ravi at that time had not done a lot of work, but that resume and that really looked really good. He joined the team I loved his work, loved how he seemed to be like a, like a, a, a genius, like proper yeah, genius. I'm fairly certain he is. Yes, I, I would believe that too. Huh? Uh, Rain Man, right? I mean, no. Totally. <laughs> he, he, he blew me away. And when it came the moment to assign Dave the Octopus, which was one of the craziest character and rig and complex uh, thing that I've ever uh, took on. Um, 
somehow okay. I felt like Oh, those Sorry, no, I'm just I'm pressing buttons. <laughs> just keep keep going. Ignore me. <laughs> um, I thought that was the, the counter, like thirty five thousand. Yeah, yeah. This is a budget. We're proposing a budget to you right now. You have five seconds to approve it or disapprove it, and go. <laughs> and so, uh, someone like Ravi made me feel like he has never done that yet. There's no reason not to try and mm. to give him my full support because somehow those things should line up and make something that is better than the sum of the parts. Mm. Uh, and, and we tried. And, and the result was, was impressive, my, uh, incredible work from Ravi. And from there on, I realized that that mindset, uh, David, that you said at the beginning of thinking that some, because someone is junior, they don't deserve this or that, does not stand. Um, it's really what do you put forward as an energy and obviously skills too, and it has to go together. Um, and, and that will make your own luck, uh, literally. Uh, and I had the same experience on Wish Dragon. Some people that I uh, gave the chance to be leads on uh, the dragon or, uh, or, or explore crazy characters uh, and had not done feature work prior, uh, you've, that could have been insane sounding and in fact it just felt right because those guys dug so deep because the opportunity felt so special to them and that they rose to the occasion and so that's when you get that magic uh, yeah. that plus that should not have created this and yet it did you know so yeah. that uh, that was super special sorry for the question a bit. No, I, I completely agree with the uh, genius of Ravi. I remember he's actually one of our uh, reviewer at Agora community. And the first time I saw the review that he provided, oh that God. of course was supposed to be like 10, 15 minutes, ended up being half an hour. Well, it was, it was, that. was so, like 45 minutes. It was so precise with drovers and all that. I was oh, like, holy shit. This is almost like a masterclass of animation yeah. within yeah. one review. I was like, so. Anyway, uh, Brett, let's level. go if we have time. To, yeah, we got more we got like six minutes. We'll we'll try to get a couple more in here. Um, okay. Let's see here. I'll grab. I, I'm skipping over one. I try to come back to it because, but I like this one here a lot. Um, so how? I mean, how do you stay confident and motivated? I think people are probably picking up on the confidence here. Uh, clearly, being like apparently fireproof. But I'm wondering. It's like, not. <laughs> I can tell you right away, it's not. It's not. There's a, there's a lot of doubt. Um, you still suffer from the imposter syndrome. As yeah. Yes, totally, constantly. Like, like, like uh, I'm, I'm a fake and I don't belong, you know, constantly. Um, mm. But that's exactly why you yeah. want to continue growing. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like... the moment you start feeling like I'm good, I know my stuff. Well, it's a little sad, right? So mm. I actually always feel super bad. Uh, I, I hate my work. I hate what I do, what, uh, what it looks like. Um, and, uh, and therefore, I feel like if only it could look better, mm. and if only I could learn that skill or do that stronger, or, you know? And so I, that's, that's the motivation, honestly. It's too it's, not <laughs> It's like you, you've somehow turned this fear of, of, of not belonging and being an imposter. You've turned it into some sort of fuel for this fire, I guess, right? It's like yeah, you, you, you allow that stress to drive progress as opposed to drive you into a corner and hide under a yeah. desk. I think some people choose the latter and, and you've chosen the former, I think, yeah, clearly. But true. it's, 
Interesting. But, uh, I agree. That's super interesting. The motivation is is coming from the aspiration to grow as long as you don't think that you're good enough. So that's a, yeah. that's a great way to. to yeah. And nothing sucks more than again, getting too too comfortable. I think because that's that's where Correct. that's where progress and growth dies. And uh, that's what's getting. One more thing that I knew I never wanted to experience was routine. Right. Mm -hmm. As you can tell by the journey, there was no yeah, yeah. routine. <laughs> so that was check. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you're right, uh, that suddenly opens doors to learning and growing and yeah. feeling energized, right? Yeah, um, no, that makes sense. Um, uh, that question, question is interesting, though. Yes, can, can you tell us about more about the Puss character development in terms of his attitude slash acting? Um, yes, I can tell you uh, that it was um, really trying to look at growing the range of someone that might have had like maybe what eight minutes maybe even less of screen time in the whole shrek and making it 90 and it was the same problem with the penguins uh, they were very iconic but in the madagascar movies they only had two minutes here you know 10 seconds 20 seconds 40 seconds oh they had one minute there and then now you totally, you get the reel of Madagascar, one to yep. three penguins, it's actually super small. And then now you have to stretch that range. So mm -hmm. they only had comic relief. You see a pattern, right? They were comic relief. They had super uh, strong personality, very defined, but less of the gradient of the range in between because they never had a chance to showcase it. Mm. So suddenly for the feature lengths, you now need to plan everything that goes in between that you never got to see before. How are they when they are anxious, worried, concerned? Um, uh, how are they when they have uh, lost someone, when there is sadness, when there is uh, uh, that sense that the family matters, uh, you know? And so suddenly you explore all those things that's for the penguins. Uh, in the case of Puss in Boots is that what if it is that he is challenged he was not challenged in shrek uh if he's uh, uh flirting if he is uh, maybe in love uh if he is offended uh if he is uh, and so suddenly you start digging through all of that uh worked with talented uh, animators uh laurent canero and leaf jeffers both of them were uh, my uh, co uh, left and right hand uh helping to develop the character and, and trying to make it feel like, does it have now the range to be a hero? Uh, and so it's, uh, it's, it's teamwork, you know? Yeah. I'd like to have that maybe compared to the first Shrek movie, because there has been a shift um, at DreamWorks that I feel if we go from the, you know, the early days of the uh, uh, Shrek and uh, Shark Tale and all that. And then when Olivier uh, uh, arrived, that time was more the Kung Fu Panda and How to Train the Dragon. Uh, the use of reference for acting oh, is yes. something that started to, and I feel that if you look at Puss in Boots, that is well animated on, in, in the Shrek series, but you look at him in uh, his own feature, the level of subtlety and quality of acting is just two different ballpark. Oh, yeah, that's so the, the, the use of video reference, actually, that's a, a topic close to my heart. <laughs> I'm actually happy you're bringing it up. Um, because, uh, you know, Brent, earlier you were talking about embracing your faults, right? Or, mm. or being comfortable with what you're not good at. And I don't come from traditional drawing. 
<laughs> Even though I went through the Goblin, I went through the Goblin at the end on the 3D character animation, while colleagues of mine have gone through the whole 2D, uh, still life, uh, 2D animation, line test, and all of that, and all of that into 3D character animation. So I always feel like my abilities in drawings are just not up to par, mm. okay? Therefore, I find other ways to represent what I have in my head, what I don't think I can put in a, on a piece of paper. And so when I arrived on Kung Fu Panda, and they are, all the soups are 2D animators, and they are all doing thumbnails, and I look at that and I'm like, is that a mandatory process, you know, because I'm thinking like, if that's a process, I'm screwed, like it doesn't. Um, and so I thought, I guess I can film myself, make an acting, then elect to pick poses and actually break that down and make my own animation. For the team in place on Kung Fu Panda, that was brand new. Mm. They had, within the studio, no one was doing that. And by doing that and staying true to myself, which was, I can't draw, therefore I shoot reference, my work became different in a good way, uh, I would think, uh, which meant it had some uh, acting subtleties, David, like you point out, that are very hard to conceive unless you're, you're seeing them. Okay, because you can be a super talented animator and make a gorgeous pose and gorgeous drawing and all of your poses are extremely strong, but are you able to really think of that tiny eye dart and that tiny head that has one, two axis of rotation uh, if you did not see it before and understanding that it adds that emotion that the character should portray at that moment? For me, by doing it, acting it, and, and mm. feeling like that video captured that spontaneity, I'm like, that's, that's gold. Because mm. our field is not, is not spontaneous, right? I mean, we do uh, three seconds in a week. It's the opposite yeah. of spontaneity. Yeah. So like, what I love about the video is that capture the moment in time that mm. you can always look back at and be like, I want that spontaneity in my character. Mm -hmm. And eventually you get it. And then people are like, oh, it looks so natural. It looks like mm -hmm. he thought of something. And then he reacted, you know? And yeah. So, it, yeah. It's funny because there's many people, even my, myself, when I arrived at, at DreamWorks, I had this impression that almost like shooting a reference was like cheating. Yeah, it was not making it too easy, but there was mm. little something that I should be able to draw those poses, and then my brain should be able to figure it out without having a reference. And then eventually, mm. like, oh my God, this shot is amazing. Oh my God. And yep. then you go ask everyone who did those, and they mm. all use reference. And like, all right, yeah. for, let, uh, let's put the ego aside and let's yep. embrace it. Yeah. Ego yeah. And, fear, and fear, because it's, uh, it's really that fear of being judged. But at the end of yeah. the day, whatever method you use to make your work work, yep. <laughs> uh, you should embrace. You know? I think spontaneity is, I think, the key. On I'd say you're hitting the nose right on the head. I think it's difficult when you're living, like, we animators live in, like, microscope time, right? Like, it's, like, so, yeah. so frame by frame. Everything is in oh, slow no. motion. And yeah. so it's hard to have these little fleeting, quick ideas that just come by just, just 
like they come out of nowhere that it's difficult to conceive of these in that, at that, at that scale of time. So yeah, I, I find that that's the, the main reason why I love references that those are the great little things. And it's easy to riff on things and try things. And you shoot a reference like 10 times guaranteed, at least one of those takes is going to have a couple things in there. You're going to never have thought of by yourself. You need to sort of kind of be in the moment. Um, I'm going to use this opportunity to try to wrap things up just because it is, um, like we're already we're already done. Already. I know it goes fast. Right? It goes super duper <laughs> goes fast. fast. Well, we'll have you back because I mean I feel like uh, this is the kind of this is the kind of conversation that could go on quite literally forever. Sure, um, there's more fires to talk about. I'm sure there's we have, we didn't get <laughs> yeah. into different colors of fire. You know, is blue fire <laughs> truly true. hotter than red fire? Like we didn't get to talk about these things. But I mean, I um I really wanted to say thank you. I, it was awesome to you. meet you. I mean, I've I've uh, been a bit big fan of your work. And um, and it was nice to to, to be able to, to to share the the, the brainwaves with you today. And uh, thanks for taking time out of your obviously busy schedule to to be here with us. Uh, th thank you, boss. It was really special, and I love it. And uh, and I hope uh, we get a chance to do that again soon. You know, there's obviously more to talk soon. So yeah, he said the magic words. We're gonna thank get you, back. <laughs> thank you very much. I'll thank talk you, to you very soon. much, guys. Have a good day. Bye bye. Bye, and bye. bye guys. Uh, yes. So obviously that's quite, quite the conversation. You know, it's interesting. I, there's a trend, right? Uh, and I, uh, hopefully you're starting to see it, but there's two things that seem to come up with pretty much almost everyone we have on here. One of them is, um, uh, that you put yourself out there. You know what I mean? Yes. Is it scary for sure? But you could use that fear to drive you after you know to ch to chase after those dreams to go after those rainbows that you're so so excited about finding uh the end of you could you gotta you gotta find a way of turning that into no longer procrastinating but instead just doing the other thing is clearly that like you know yes you might learn a lot from winning you know getting to the end and and, and succeeding in what you're trying to do but you but it seems to be a trend that you really learn a lot clearly from the journey itself and so even if you fail even if you do, even if you're not built with um, with fire retardant skin like like Olivier, you 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 uh, you may fail sometimes, 100%. But if you put your honest effort into it, the worst that's going to happen is you're going to learn a ton, and you're not going to regret. Like well, like I think what Olivier seems to, to fear the most, by the sounds of it, is the fear of not putting himself 100% into something or 150% because then he knows he only has himself to blame. If he puts himself entirely into something and puts himself out there, the worst thing that's going to happen, he's going to learn and he's going to get, he's be better equipped to tackle it the second time. So that's, these are really, really, really important pieces of advice. Cause I know I see a lot of people out there that are, they're really young that really want to get in animation and they let that fear just paralyze them. And, um, and I think the only way to move forward is to move forward. And uh, so it was nice to hear that that kind of attitude can bring people to really big heights. So I wish Olivia all the best. Uh, it was amazing to have him on. He did say the magic words that he, we can maybe sneak him back on the show again. So I uh, fully intend on chasing him down and um, he'll need a restraining order. Olivier, just so you know, I see you in the background still. You might want to follow a restraining order to stop me from asking you to come back. Just in advance, I'm letting you, this is just a little tip. Um, so thank you very much, everybody, for being here today. Thank you to both David and Olivier, and we'll see you on the next conversation. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects, and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs, and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. 
You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time, stay tuned and stay animated. <laughs>